0: People who choose to do great or meaningful things with their lives are not in a constant state of inspiration. They generally do not spring into action each morning with a smile on their face. They don't have a special gene that gives them that extra oomph to keep going. They're just better at choosing to show up and get the work done than other people who don't get shit done. No matter what mood they're in or how inspired they feel, they still choose to show up. They don't expect it to feel light and fun. They don't wait for the muse to float in and whisper in their ear. They simply choose to suck it up and get it done, which is the topic of our episode today. And although this might not sound so uplifting right now, it's actually really, really satisfying, as you'll soon understand, and hopefully by the end of this episode, you will be raring to go out there and do the grunt work to make your fabulous life a reality. This is the Lady Quest podcast, and I am Ariel Kiley, and this podcast is for you intuitive, self-aware women who know that you have a big life purpose here on Earth. Does that sound like you? Something that feels deeply meaningful to you that you want to do, create, experience, or pursue in this life. Amelia Earhart, the first woman to take flight in an airplane, said, The most effective way to do it is to do it. (laughs) I love that. So straightforward. The most effective way to do it is to do it which really gets to the heart of what I want to talk about today, simply getting it done. Now, my mom is probably the biggest role model when it comes to getting unsavory tasks done on behalf of a bigger, more meaningful purpose. My mom, the one and only Grace Kylie, is drawn to a grand life. Beautiful things. She, she doesn't use a microwave. She takes no shortcuts. For example, when renovating the kitchen of her gut remodel apartment in Harlem, she went out to the marble yards deep in Brooklyn multiple times, traveling by train, bus, and foot to be able to hand select her favorite slab of marble and also haggle the prices down. She is not afraid to do the work to get the results she wants. And one time, one of my favorite stories from her apartment renovation was that she took a granny cart from Harlem, so like 110th Street, all the way to Red Hook in Brooklyn to borrow these heavy plaster ceiling medallions from a store that sold them so she could bring them back and try them out in her place to see if they could work. They're like, They're not the plastic ceiling medallions that people say you can't tell the difference. Like she knows the difference. She wants the real plaster ones. So she brings them all the way back up. And when she got them all the way back up to her place, although she loved them, talks to her handyman and he says he doesn't know how to install them. So she calls the store and says she needs to bring them back. They're not going to work out. And they literally just said, keep them. They so hated the thought of her taking that granny cart and hauling them all the way back on the subways to Red Hook. They're like, just keep them. Happy ending. She did wind up finding a handyman who could install them and they look fantastic. They have completely classed up her ceiling lighting fixtures. So it's worth it to my mom to do the work to maintain a beautiful, high quality environment and she'd much rather do the work than have the cheap convenient alternative and this also applies to her life as an actress acting teacher director and playwright no one shows up for rehearsal like my mom does she always puts the time and work in and from what i've heard that's the biggest thing she's always trying to instill in the students she teaches like rehearse 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 prepare do the work And then you show up and magic can happen. So anyway, back in my teens, my mom and I coined this phrase, getting it done. And this came from when we had to do work around the farmhouse where I grew up in northern Vermont. But we don't, we don't, if you may have noticed, we don't call it getting it done in like an elegant sounding way. It's full Vermont accent, getting it done. You got to get it done because that is the spirit that captures the spirit of what we're talking about much better. And I remember one summer in particular, I was like 14 or 15 years old, and we needed to rebuild the fence around the horse field. When I was growing up, I was lucky enough to have my own horse and his name was Ozzy, short for Oswald. Oswald. And he was this handsome black quarter horse with a white diamond on his forehead and white socks. And I loved him and my mom loved him too. And his field was about two and a half acres. So it was pretty big and it was surrounded by fencing, both wooden fencing and also electric fence. And after the spring thaw, as often could happen, um, some of the wood posts became wobbly. So different parts of the fencing needed to be fixed and reinforced that summer, which meant we had to go out there and fix it. And this is not dainty work. It involves shoveling, sometimes mixing and filling post holes with concrete, hammering nails, hoisting and holding big planks and posts in place, sometimes getting shocked by the electric fence by accident, Often there's prickers or other scratchy snagging plants grabbing your clothing and skin. And also you're doing this, or I was doing this in the hot sun on buggy summer days. So not pleasant, but it wasn't in our budget to hire out this work. Also, there is this certain New England pride in doing our own farm work. So the only option was to get it done. Now, as I said, I was a teenager, and because I was a teenager, I was fixated at that time more on like fashion magazines, you know, black eyeliner, the cool boys at school. The last thing I wanted to do as a teen was spend hours doing manual labor in the hot sun with my mom. I did have a couple jobs for money, like I did work at a restaurant and at a donut shop, But those were more appealing to me because the work I did, I got money for, and then I could buy stuff I wanted. So fixing the fence was just something that I needed to do because it needed to get done. And my mom made it clear we had to do it together. So we would suck it up and get it done. And those mornings before we would go out to do the work on the fence, we, we were not having very... Elevated conversations. We would just chime back and forth. Time to get it done. Yep, gotta get her done. You ready to get it done? You bet, let's get it done. Something about this refrain channeled the spirit we needed to do the work. It inspired this certain pride in what we were doing. Estee Lauder said, I never dreamed about success, I worked for it. That summer, it was simply about getting up and doing the work to get that fence fixed. And I remember one day after working really hard all morning, I went into the house, made us lunch. I think I made us veggie stir fry. We both sat out on the lawn eating and we didn't talk at all. And we didn't talk because there was nothing to say. I was bored, I was hot. It all felt really hard and annoying and there was more hard work to come. So there was nothing to say, no need to dress it up, just time to eat and get back to work. And eventually we finished fixing the fence. We did get it done and I got to go back to doing what I felt like with my time. But for years after that, and even now almost 30 years later, When a certain task needs doing, I think, I got to just get it done. My mom and I sometimes are talking on the phone and one of us shares something we have to do that sounds especially cumbersome or hard or annoying. And and we say to each other, yep, just got to get it done. Or you got it done. You got her done. And it's so uplifting. We both know what that means. It's code for doing the hard stuff you have to do to live a high-quality life. And it brings about a lot of pride. Maya Angelou said, You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you can know who you are, what you can rise from, and how you can still come out of it there's a certain resilience to doing hard work, to getting it done, to overcoming defeats that no one can take away from you. It truly builds character. And that spirit of getting it done is alive and well in me now, thanks to mom making me fix that fence with her. Even as I outlined this podcast for you earlier today, I didn't want to sit down with my laptop It was a beautiful sunny morning in Los Angeles after days of rain. It's gorgeous out. The air is clear. I would rather be walking up in the Hollywood Hills, but I know focusing my mind, planning this outline and sharing what I want to share with you through this podcast is taking me on the path to the life I really want. And I know those hills will still be there at the end of the day when my brain power will have dwindled. I know when it's time to suck it up and get it done. And I know how to do that. And every single thing I have accomplished always includes a phase of sucking it up and getting it done. Can you relate to that? Can you look back on your life and notice, yeah, I had to suck it up and get it done to get to that next big thing I really wanted to do. It reminds me of my sister studying for the bar to get into law school or when I had to work extra hard to get out of debt or the hundreds and hundreds of hours me and my writing partner Simone spent writing our book Smitten, haggling it out so we could finally get to the time when we got our advance, got it published, and got to take our vacation to the Bahamas that we promised ourselves if we ever sold it. Also, learning challenging yoga poses and kriyas, There was just this really uncomfortable phases of showing up and doing the work or memorizing anatomy to become a lead teacher trainer or writing copy for my website. Oof, Those of you who have websites, you know, it can be so tedious. Or for me, practicing somatic experiencing work when I was first getting into that trauma resolution work, doing it pro bono, feeling awkward, just showing up and doing my best to learn it, get it done. Now, I have gotten so much better at getting it done over the years. I feel like I'm at a point now where I can wake up in the morning, get to work, stay focused steadily throughout the day on a variety of tasks that are moving my life forward. And I've learned that I don't actually want to flit around and follow my whims all the time. Yes, I do love Saturday. After a long week of work, when I get to just wake up and do whatever I feel like, it feels delicious. But it wouldn't be nearly as sweet if I had been doing whatever I felt like for the prior five days. To use ourselves well is one of the great joys in life. When I was in my 20s, I was really into Russian literature. And I read the book Anna Karenina by Tolstoy a couple times And although Anna's a fascinating figure, the character that fascinated me more was Levin. And Levin is a wealthy country landowner. And the book chronicles a lot of his internal state, him kind of finding himself, trying to get Kitty, this lovely young woman, to marry him. It took a couple proposals. And he's very soulful. And in the end of the book, he goes out into the fields and decides he wants to join working with the serfs or the agricultural laborers. And this is a quote from his experience out in the fields. So he's out swinging a scythe, which is this big hook-shaped grass-cutting tool. And it says... In the very heat of the day, the mowing did not seem such hard work to him. The perspiration with which he was drenched cooled him, while the sun that burned his back, his head, and his arms bare to the elbow gave a vigor and dogged energy to his labor. And more and more often now came those moments of unconsciousness when it was possible not to think what one was doing. The scythe cut of itself. These were happy moments. Still more delightful were the moments when they reached the stream where the rose ended, and the old man rubbed his scythe with the wet, thick grass, rinsed its blade in the fresh water of the stream, ladled out a little in a tin dipper, and offered Levin a drink. "What do you say to my home brew, eh? Good, eh?" said he, winking. And truly, Levin had never drunk any liquor so good as this warm water with green bits floating in it, and a taste of rust from the tin dipper. And immediately after this came the delicious, slow saunter with his hand on the scythe, during which he could wipe away the streaming sweat, take a deep take deep breaths of air and look about at the long string of mowers, and at what was happening around in the forest and the country. The longer Levin mowed, the oftener, he felt the moments of unconsciousness, in which it seemed not his hands that swung the scythe, but the scythe mowing of itself, a body full of life and consciousness of its own, and as though by magic, without thinking of it, the work turned out regular and well-finished of itself. These were the most blissful moments. I mean, what a gorgeous passage about getting it done, don't you think? He was a wealthy landowner. He didn't have to go out there and work with the peasants. But when he started doing it, I tell you, he didn't wind up throwing himself in front of a train like Ms. Karenina did. He was having these moments of bliss. So let's talk about you. And in particular, my invitation to you. I invite you to think about something you really want to complete. Maybe someone you want to become, a status you want to reach a goal you want to fulfill in your life. And acknowledge the hard work it's going to take to get there. It's going to take showing up on a regular basis when you don't feel like it, when the conditions aren't perfect, and getting it done, sucking it up and getting it done. What if you relished that process? What if you took pride in the hard work you're willing to do? What if you gave yourself to it? Instead of thinking you just wanted to drink rosé all day. And then, oh, if you enjoy that rosé so much more on Saturday when you arrive at it. If you even care to have it at that point. All I'm really asking you to do today is imagine yourself as the person if you don't presently relish doing hard and deep work as the person who does relish it, who really values it and takes pride in it, what would that be like for you? And what could you accomplish if that's how you felt? Pretty much every offer I put out there has something to do with getting to the point where you're regularly showing up and doing the work to make your dreams come true. And I love supporting people with this transformation. It does change the outer, but really what happens in the work we do together, if I'm your coach, is I support you transforming the inner. I support you becoming the person who loves to show up and do the work who believes in yourself and who takes great pride in being someone who is making their dreams come true instead of someone who's sitting on the sidelines fantasizing. So if that's you and there is this readiness to go beyond where you've gone before, to commit on another level, reach out to me through the contact form in the episode description. About one-on-one coaching, and we're going to get on the phone and talk about where you are and where you want to be. I can't wait to hear from you. I'm so happy you've tuned in today, and I encourage you to go on out there and get it done. Okay, now I get to go walk in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> If you like this podcast, you will love the LadyQuest program. Join my newsletter through the link in the episode description if you want to learn more about LadyQuest, my one-on-one coaching work, and get invited to transformational workshops. I teach on a regular basis online. Also, if you want to make my day, you could leave a five-star review for this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of my world, and I look forward to being with you again again. Very soon.